1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is the Tim May Show, and I'm hoping you're having a great July 4th and July 4th week. I think everybody has every other day off this week, maybe even starting last week. Uh, shoot those fireworks if you've got them. Who knows when they're going to be outlawed again? But um, welcome to welcome back to the Tim May Show, Pete Nakos of On3.com. Pete, welcome back, my man.
0: You bet. Thanks so much for having me, Tim.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know I'm a little antsy with you. It's a co-pilot because you just keep hitting on a lot of subjects, man, uh, as you cover your beat. Explain to people what your beat is again.
0: Yeah, so I cover college sports business, but a lot of it is focused on NIL uh, and how that kind of factors into the transfer portal and recruiting. And then also uh, recently I just got thrown on the EA Sports Beat, it seems like, and uh, in, in trying to figure out that college football video game. And it's still on schedule for 2024.
1: Yeah, every time we call it, college sports game you call it college sports business and then every time we call it college sports business you call it a college sports game that's a little takeoff from an old time movie i think it was north dallas Forty, but i digress uh you know i just wanted to get you on i mean as i explain to people sometimes you go well why have you got to go on there talking about college sports business you know we want to know who's the starting right tackle well we're not going to know that for ohio state we're not going to know that probably middle of august you know Zinn Mikalski, uh, Tegra Shibola, Josh Simmons, a transfer from San Diego State, who knows, right? But what we do know right now is the quagmire, which you thought by now would have uh, gotten a little firmer, uh, the swamp, uh, the melting, uh, what is that, the uh, the melting tundra uh, up in Alaska, you would have thought would have gotten a little more firmer. But, you know, lo and behold, there's a heat wave going across all of North, uh, North America, so that's keeping that at bay. And then number two, uh, the NIL landscape has got its own melting terra firma, its own melting tundra, right? And uh, yep. just when you think Congress was going to jump in there and do something about it, and everybody was all excited. You remember what I did, right? I did this.
0: <gasps> you okay, Tim?
1: You good? Just hold in my breath till Congress does something. Uh, <laughs> you're not surprised, are you, that? Congress had not done anything, has not provided, quote, the guardrails, end quote, for the NIL and the NCAA to pull itself out of this quagmire, this melting tundra? You're not surprised, are you?
0: Unlike you, I never held my breath on this one. Um, But no, I don't think that we're going to see any uh, significant movement anytime soon. I was just in D.C. this past month uh, when the SEC invaded Capitol Hill and yeah. It just seems like right now it's just a lot of talk and not a lot of action. And um, it seems like some mixed messaging too. I That's some uh, a representative from Florida who still wants to have like another legislative hearing. And then you turn around and hear Charlie Baker saying you want something on the floor by, by like August or something done by the end of the fall. I don't know, Tim, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of motivation. Um, and as I've been telling people, and I'm sure you would agree I don't think a lot of uh, elected officials want to waste their goodwill that they've built up over the years on, on NIL and college athletics. It's not exactly the most pressing issue uh, in the world.
1: Yeah, it's not. Uh, and it's funny because you did a story, uh, I think it was based on a, a little interview, uh, Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, highly regarded SEC, Southeastern conference commissioner, not security and exchange commissioner, <laughs> but the SEC commissioner did with Joel Clatt, and he, you know, it's really funny because we've talked about this before. The NCAA did a great job at, the, the analogy I always use of kicking the can down the road. And now all of a sudden, college uh, officials, including Sankey, just reading his comments, they're they're almost throwing the blame at the, at the federal government for not coming up with uh, guardrails for them when in fact they had 50 years, 20 years for sure, to come up yeah. with their own guardrails in the NCAA, and they couldn't get it. They couldn't get to it because they kept thinking. I'm sure part of them kept thinking, "Well, this is going to go away eventually." Instead mm-hmm. it just festered and festered and festered until you had state laws competing state laws, right? And yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, there is no. I'm not. What just real quick before we jump to some other things, what what is something that you think the NCAA, based on your. Um, depth of uh, reporting on this. What is something the NCAA could do tomorrow to get a better handle on things besides limiting the length, for example, the transfer portal again, which you're talking about, uh, but a you know, big deal. The transfer portal is still going to be there, but there's really nothing you can do when state laws say, st- say in Texas, it's legal to do this. And in Ohio, it's legal to do this. And in Pennsylvania, it's legal to do this, but not this. What can you do as an organization to get a handle on it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's much you can do. If you could go six ba- months back, six months before all these new state NIL laws kind of came together, kind of like the second wave that we're seeing after the push to allow NIL. Yeah, I think the NCAA really took way too much time, uh, and they showed why nobody trusts them right now. And they never came down with any enforcement on on an NIL violation, right? Um, yeah everything that happened in Jaden Rashada at Florida is very publicly documented. I know for a fact that they've sat down with Jaden Rashada um, and they've yet to to do anything. And I think it really creates a uh, environment where uh, most, most schools who are trying to really compete for a national title and one of the revenue sports that we always think about uh, just not it, it is uh, it's, it's, they are not, uh, they don't, Sorry. Someone no, that's all right, man. We're gonna. Hey, hey
1: there, there's. Uh, you should stumble for words in this because it's hard to explain. I mean, why? You know, why? Some people jumped on it. Some people didn't. Ego's driving this bus. Pride is driving this bus, right? I mean, we yeah. want to make it conducive for our whoever our is whatever state you're in to be highly competitive. Uh, you know, and have no basically uh, no no rules to a certain extent, regarding how things can be set up. You have rules, but uh, no necessarily limits,
0: right? Yeah, the NCAA screwed up. They had an opportunity the the first 18 months or so to come down on NIL. They didn't. And, um, yeah, this is the position that they have themselves in now.
1: I think a great example that you brought up in one of your stories was John Ruiz. The uh, John Ruiz example at Miami, when he jumped in there, you know, the guy who owns a couple of big, big big-time private businesses – yeah. Uh, as you point out in one of your stories, you know, they didn't have a great year or a great quarter at the end of the quarter last year, but that's another story for another day. That's business. We're talking yeah. about business. We're talking about the game now. And, uh, and, um, uh, he helped, uh, what a couple of uh, the, the, Cavender I'm trying to remember he helped
0: somebody. So he signed about four of the men's basketball players for the five starters for the Miami men's basketball team that went to the final four. Yeah. Um, and then he also, had a recruiting dinner with the Cavanaugh twins, the right. NIL stars from Fresno State, um, and that came out uh, in February, I believe, as a recruiting inducement, um, and it was an NIL re- uh, NIL related um, violation, but they didn't they didn't rule it as an NIL violation. Um, and we can save this for another day, but it spawned off this entire debate if John Ruiz is a booster or not because yes. he, he only acted as a nil um entity per se and he he wasn't exactly giving funds for athletic facilities and things like that
1: and what is the other thing he did though he he's threatened legal action
0: about it he threatened legal action he told me in like march or april i believe that he was gonna like go to court on this within a week he hasn't it's uh it's july 3rd yeah yeah so i guess we'll just keep waiting
1: John Reeves and the federal, are you equating John Reeves to the federal government? Is that what you're doing uh, to Congress? Is that what you're doing? No, you're not. doing. No,
0: that. no, no, no. Yeah. You did that.
1: But here's a segue. That's a good segue into this. I mean, you know, you had a story uh, here recently ranking okay. what the uh, on threes on threes, most ambitious collectives. Uh, and uh, you know, there were 20 teams you met, you ranked your top 20 and, standing out about that list was what wasn't on that list there wasn't a collective uh from ohio the ohio state university uh or related and there wasn't one from alabama and uh, you and i have talked before one of the things i think that is not i don't know if hurts the right word with ohio state at one point uh ohio state had four collectives going on i think it's down to three now And who knows what the future holds for even maybe one of them, but, uh, but there's three now. And uh, that's sort of a shotgun approach isn't it. Do you think that has in any ways hindered Ohio state of having a more focused uh, approach to the collectives, or at least people around Ohio state, obviously it's not Ohio state doing it, but the collectives around it. And uh, you know, and then, and like you and I talk, I'll ask you both questions at once here. And the other thing is, do you think fans and alums are still confused on do I want to give to the university or do I do I want to give to a collective? And now with the IRS coming out with a statement uh, last week or two weeks ago, where that you chronicled about a lot of these collectives, you know, you're probably not going to be able to count them as charitable donations. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know why you would, but there has to be a lot of tie-ins. There's gonna be a lot of uh receipts being saved <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. for IRS yeah. audits and stuff, but but go ahead. I mean that's like six questions well, at once. But let's just go
0: let's just go back. Um you you mentioned right the three the four to three collectives in the yeah. Ohio State market. Yes, the, the fact is that it creates a lot of confusion for the common fan or donor um and where they want to um put that cash. Um, um But is probably,
1: it, you know, but here's the thing, you no, know, no no.
0: no. Let's what, no no. Here, I got a good answer for you. I apologize. Something happened. Um, if you go back and and you look, right, it went from four to three, and that's that's a major reason why um, Ohio State didn't make my top twenty list. It, it's because a lot of your common fans and your common donors don't know where to put that money right now. It's really confusing um, to to the common fan to know where they should give their money. Um, And then to answer your question about the IRS, right? Like, so two of the three NIL collectives um, are nonprofits um, and, and and each have kind of come out with their own statements about how they want to operate. Um, So yeah, it's, it's really interesting right now. Alabama obviously had a collective that shut down and then they relaunched one. Um, And it's just a little, uh the, Alabama, the NIL funds are never going to be able to compete at Alabama with what a Texas or a Texas A and M can.
1: Yeah, dude, I grew up in both 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 countries, both states. Alabama, my first eleven years, Texas next eleven, and you're yep. exactly right. They're they're never going to be able to compete with Texas A and M and Texas alums, etc. Anybody wants to get involved there, it's a total different. I'll say this is right. a different country. They'd like to be a different country, you know, at some points. <laughs> 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 but uh, but I wanted to get into that. You know, we already talked about Johnny Reese and the University of Miami. You've got them ranked, uh, uh, you know, the University of Miami collective uh, yeah. uh, number five in your list because they have been ambitious in this thing. I mean, they want to get – they they want to be a big player. and uh, And it's been sort of a focused approach, right? I mean,
0: yeah. am I right about that? So I think the thing you have to look at with John Ruiz is he spent like $10 billion on the first year of NIL, which is a substantial amount of money. It's a foot in the door, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that much. Um, And you obviously saw their recruiting rankings kind of go like this um, because of not saying he induced recruits, but they definitely uh, were able to see what their opportunities would be at, at the university of Miami because of John Ruiz. Um, So yeah, the last like, three months or so, it's kind of an interesting to follow life wallet and and, and John because they have not been as active, obviously, especially since that uh, violation came down from the NCAA when it came to the Cavender Twins. But there's this other collective Kane connection that has done a lot. And the two of them together have obviously done quite a bit in the first two years at NIL. And, and um, while the, there's a lot of questions right now about the future of John's businesses and, and, and things of that sort, um, you can't discount what he's done uh, big picture in the, in the first two years.
1: But what I think what he did was he, he opened everybody's eyes. I mean, my opinion, he was, the, they were the first ones to boldly kind of go, look, um, and I can't remember the basketball player's name. We don't need to name him, but the kid that everybody thought was going to transfer to Ohio state and ended up going to Miami. Uh, you know, he, there's that, there's that hazy
0: really yeah. gray area. There's, there's a Deuce lot of Pitt hazy
1: and NIL. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and they He's jumped right everywhere. through there. Yeah, they came out of that haze. You know what I mean? A surprise. Uh, yep. All right. Uh, you got number 13 on that rankings, uh, Michigan with the valiant uh, champion circle. Um, you just had to bring it up. Well, I just brought it up just because Ohio yep. State's not on the list. You know, that's why you bring it up, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you scratch where it itches, right? Yeah. But uh, yep. there, do you think, in your opinion, is Michigan doing it the right way and doing things uh, – uh, you know, that gives them a heads up. I think they're a highest rated team from the Big Ten on this list. Maybe I'm wrong about that.
0: Uh, I, if we're going to not include the future Big Ten teams, USC is yes. in the top ten. But, yes, yes exactly. like, uh, Michigan is. Yeah, Current. I think what, what you have to look at in Michigan is they have this valiant management um, that basically operates as a sports marketing firm, and and that's been extremely successful for them in the first 18 months. And then, they formally launched this champion circle collective um, that has the full backing of the athletic department. It, it kind of gets back to what we were talking about at Ohio state. There is a little bit of confusion right now in Michigan as well, but Jim Harbaugh has, has come out and really selected that one collective as the go-to. And I mean, they're uh, Harbaugh is currently like traveling across the country talking about NIL and, yeah. and that's the collective that's going with them to every school.
1: Yeah, the guy who had to be uh, dragged, uh, kicking and screaming into this. I mean, hey, dude, if that's if those are the new rules, you play by them, right? I mean, that's the right. deal, right? Uh yep. I think uh, what Ryan Day has endorsed, or at least uh, in all the paraphernalia, the 1870 uh, thing with yep. Ohio State uh, has, has that helped them in your in your opinion.
0: I mean, yeah, I don't I don't want to like rank the three, but I would yeah. say the 1870 is probably like two months old at this point, and they've really come on strong, and it's very. Uh, very clear that they have the full backing of the administration and the Ohio State football program. And um uh, this yeah. kind of goes in a different path. No, 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 I will say, but it's it's been really interesting to see, right? There's the Ohio State collective market. Yeah. There's been a lot of focus on football and basketball, while you have cohesion, which has, has really gone to great lengths to sign some women's athletes since it was 1870. And right. um, not right. to get too nerdy on everyone, but there's a lot of conversation about the Title IX and NIL and obviously um the deals are outsourced and things like that. Um so it doesn't it doesn't really uh Title IX is so closely related to like school athletics and not outside, but it's been right. interesting to watch the uh the male athletes are yeah obviously and plus, getting more opportunities.
1: And plus if representatives of a school kind of like come out and endorse right one or the other then title 9 will there there will be there will be implications toward title 9 you know what i mean Definitely. because because of, you know for all kinds of reasons uh because
0: yeah.
1: of that. uh that's the interesting that's the one kind here. Of thing that nobody knows
0: yet either that's the one title nobody knows like what's what's going to happen or anything like that well
1: you know why cuz you got to wait till all the all of the fallout hits the ground and see where it piles up
0: you know that's yeah
1: that's the deal. Uh, we're still, we're still, we're still less than two years into this mess. Uh, uh, the surprising one also Nebraska at number 19 on your list. And, Mm. uh, dude, I've said this all along Nebraska when Bob Devaney was there and they built that program up big time, made it a national power. And from then on the wherewithal is there in Nebraska, uh, the pride, the money, uh, the interest to, uh, To jump them forward that's that's what's been missing for Nebraska is like that focused approach again but now that uh you have you have NIL collective involved I I'm not surprised by what I've seen
0: come from Nebraska or you uh no I mean obviously you mentioned Bob Devaney that makes me think a little harder too but uh, um Lincoln and Omaha are just like major business centers and then you look at it on paper right like I don't know their their sellout um, record, but it's obviously pretty eye opening. Um, and Nebraska football is like the one and only show in that state. Um, and when you think about it through that angle, then yes, obviously the common fan does want to give money, especially to a program um, that maybe hasn't had the most success in the last fifteen years. And if NIL is the avenue to do that, then that's obviously uh, they have the funding in place. And one thing I'll say is. Uh, I mentioned this in my story, but obviously Dylan Rayola, the one-time Ohio State commit, who's yep. now a Georgia commit. Um, and just talking with sources and stuff, it's become really clear that if Dylan Rayola picked the school over NIL, he would be at Nebraska right now.
1: Exactly, exactly. And, you know, there's a give-a-damn factor there for football, you know, that I know there is in almost everybody you've got on the list, but the give-a-damn factor is 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 major, just like you've got South Carolina on your list, you know, people – They've drawn. They've rarely been really good, but they've always drawn really great support and stuff. So you know, it's not no surprise for me to see them on your list and stuff. And of course, the one I wanted to bring up with you, and we talked about this before we started. Uh, SMU, uh, yep. number twenty. SMU, <laughs> back back in the rankings, so to speak. I mean, I was you know part and parcel. I remember the Pony Express, etc. In the seventies, you know, and uh, the only team to right. ever go on the death. Uh, uh, get the death penalty from NCAA and major college uh, uh football uh they're back on the list because they they can muster the troops man if they have to that that yeah, program yeah. that that alumni base and uh, uh are you surprised to see the Boulevard Collective uh is what no. they call it
0: go ahead no I'm not surprised and they came in on really strong in August announcing that like 3.5 uh million would be given just for football and basketball i believe like thirty six thousand an athlete which is yeah i mean that's a, that's a lot of money to give to every single member of a football and basketball team um yeah. so i mean that set the bar really high and then uh somewhere in nebraska right i mean smu's history everybody knows it um and i think that i mean the dallas fort worth area obviously like a&m and, and texas are like the I guess, I don't know, the, the two best teams in, in Texas. Kings but and Prince. I think that's what the they team, call it. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but SMU has all the resources they need, and they obviously have the alumni base. And um, you look at the Fort Dallas-Fort Worth area, I mean, there's, there's a lot of money there, Tim. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Um, there's a but reason I'm, why SMU used to be really good, and there's a reason why they could be good again.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of football players in that area too you know what I mean? I mean there
0: are a lot of football players
1: yeah I remember telling Tom Herman we went to t- took the job at the University of Houston that, that's a no-brainer to me because within 100 miles there's yeah. unbelievable college football players who aren't even being discovered by some of the places and stuff
0: now exactly I, I'm interested because
1: you know USC was on this list I think at number 11 wasn't it or something like that USC uh,
0: USC cracked the top I thought yeah. they cracked the top 10 yeah um here, I pulled it up it It's uh, they were right there at number seven.
1: Yeah. Okay. Number seven. That's right. Seven come 11. Throwing dice. Um, um, but UCLA's not on that list. So I'm, uh, I'm, you know, we're, we're looking at SMU, the Boulevard Collective. How comes, how come they're in UCLA, the Rodeo Drive Collective? Do you see that coming? I mean, I was just out there for a week and a half almost but, yeah. uh, for the U.S. Open and stuff and ate at Westwood Village one night right across from that uh, movie theater where, uh, you know, uh, where they, they filmed the Bruin theater for, uh, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. I mean, mm. what an area, man. And, uh, uh, but do you see UCLA uh, maybe jumping on there with, uh, the Rodeo drive collective? What do you think?
0: Yeah, I could see them jumping on <laughs> the Rodeo drive. Collective. I love that. Uh, the one thing I wanted to mention too, and not saying anything you don't know, but like a lot of people have reached out to me, like, why isn't this going this? Why is, well, it's the top 20 NIL collectives. It is yeah. not the top 20 schools that have been funneling money to kids since the 1980s. Um, and, and that seems to have really ticked some people off. Uh, yeah. Well, of course it does, but they don't yeah. like reality. <laughs> uh, no, no. But I mean, no, I'm not going to come out with a top 20 list that is straight off recruiting Smiths, And and I'll yeah. just say that that list would look a little different.
1: Yeah. And then on top of that, like we're talking about here, collectives, what do they mean in terms of recruiting? Well, it mean a lot you know uh in some respects but you still got Ohio State and Alabama ranked up there you know h- highly in the 2024 yep. uh recruiting rankings uh Georgia has one on your list uh has you know its collective is on your list but i mean uh this is about not
0: the richest No exactly make that clear yeah
1: they, these not are the a lot of these are are former contenders let's put it that way, who want to be in who want to be in the we want to be on the list again of, of contenders, of, of yeah. getting up there and having a big-time college football program again. And the rules right now, well, really, what are the rules? There almost are no rules, uh, allow you to get more involved now. Uh, and so it's no surprise, right, that some of these right. have stepped up.
0: Yeah, it's not a surprise. And I mean, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but like uh, Georgia's at the very top. Ohio State's been a contender for what, like the last twenty years. That really has been in question. Alabama under Saban. Yeah, all, the, all like you look at the top ten. It's a lot of schools who want to be contenders, and NIL is the pathway to get there for some, especially the ones with massive endowment funds, uh, big alumni bases, um, and then just also like I think we forget when we talk NIL sometimes. Like the the schools that will be most successful in this new era. Do it like, where they're located, right? Like, like Austin, Texas is, like, bustling. Um, uh, Knoxville, I mean, like, I, in the world of college football, like, Knoxville is actually a pretty big city.
1: Yeah, um, let's interrupt. Uh, and you've got the Spire. Uh, yeah, Tennessee's I got Tennessee number one. number one. Go ahead now.
0: Yeah, so Tennessee's number one. And they've done a really interesting job and, and smart job of – it's run by two former sports marketing professionals. They have no problem going out and soliciting deals for – uh, Nico Imoleva, for example. Um, yeah. and But they also have a subscription service. They have a pretty vast e-commerce business. And, and they also um, have a, a, a nonprofit entity for tax-deductible donations, which we'll see how it all goes. But, but that is still all put together. And then um, Oregon is also in that top five. And uh, the amount of money Phil Knight has just poured into NIL the last uh, 24 months now has just been... Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, exactly. Want to be a big player? Got to be a big player. You know, you don't go to the poker game with $5 in your pocket, right? You do not. No, you do not. Well, I do, but I uh, hardly play, ever play poker. I'm sorry. You can't <laughs> buy into this game, Mr. May. Uh, actually, I don't play <laughs> poker. Uh, but uh, I digress. But it, your, your last thing is it interesting to you? We're almost two years into this mm. that the NIL, uh, NIL possibilities have played some role. I don't think they have changed the landscape like I thought they would. I mean, even with the with the link with the transfer portal. Now, there are exceptions. There, There's uh, uh, USC and the way it suddenly had a big-time college football program with both Lincoln Riley and his top quarterback, Caleb Williams, showed up there. Uh, obviously, NIL had – Lure had a lot to do with that, and he wins the Heisman Trophy. And now they're suddenly, without a doubt, a big player – in the college football, football rankings, et cetera. Right. Uh, but it has it today. Give me just a, a feel here before we finish. Has it had the impact you thought it would from an immediate standpoint?
0: You know, I don't, I think we're still like another college football season away from really seeing it. Right. You look at like the 22 and 23 rankings, like everybody, there was obviously the Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban fiasco and, and Saban like, accused Fisher by the entire 2022 class. Well, uh, fast forward that, I mean, most of that class has now left college station. Um, we don't need to go into the details of why there's a lot of rumors. Uh, that
1: there. was just two boys having a dust up, man. Nothing to yeah. see. Here. I think it's Nothing what Sanky said, right?
0: <laughs> Nothing to see. But no, I think that we're like another college football season off. And I think um, obviously people want to build their teams through recruiting classes. I think the reality is that we're always going to see the NIL is probably gonna be best equipped in the transfer portal, right? Yeah. Um yeah. not saying not not saying that every big transfer is because of NIL, but I think that NIL is gonna to continue to play a very big presence in college football's version of free agency and you will get some of the movers and shakers, right? Like Sam Hartman's at Notre Dame, Tyler Rucker went to Alabama. Yeah. Um Nix stayed at Oregon. I, that doesn't happen without NIL being a thing. Right. Um bear alexander hopping from georgia to usc so
1: yeah you know you're right see i think it's played a role in some significant a few significant transfers but not like i thought it would like like i told you one time when we were on here together that what if cj stroud and bryce young in the spring of 2022 it said oh i'm in the portal what you got you understand what i'm saying
0: yeah, I mean, they could, I mean, they probably would have been looking for a package that would have paid them what they are going to make as rookies, and people yeah. laugh at it when I bring it up. But, I mean, yeah, they probably would have been at least looking for like $10 million. Yeah,
1: um, but don't you think that's coming eventually? I mean, don't you think there's going to be a year where that happens if, if there aren't guardrails? Yeah, like,
0: what, if, what if Caleb Williams doesn't win a, a national title this year? I yeah. Mean, he could come back. Uh, yeah. I don't – but. I don't know if he'll transfer. That's another discussion. But yep. Drake May would probably be the best example. If Drake May feels like he needs another year, yeah, and if he he really wants to try to contend for a national title, then watch out.
1: Yeah. Well, you just brought up one too. While Sam Hartman, I mean, you know, moving to Notre Dame, Buckner, their starting quarterback for a lot of last year, moving to Alabama after his offensive coordinator Tommy Reese moved to Alabama. You know, you don't you don't do that without Nick Saban endorsing the fact that yeah you're you'll have a chance of playing here. You know what I mean? There are all right, kinds of things exactly. that can <laughs> that can factor into this. So anyway, boy, Pete Nakos, man on a on a holiday uh, week, I appreciate you joining the Tim May podcast again, man. I always enjoy your insight, and uh, you know, on three, I think has really jumped into this. I think some people yeah. were like blinking their eyes, like what well, what are you doing? But this is here to stay. Not only is this here to stay, but in many forms and fashions, it's gonna be bigger and more significant, right? I mean, just the yeah. business landscape with the athletes involved now of college
0: football. Yeah. Well, Shannon Terry's done a great job of investing in NIL and college sports business and I'm really lucky to work for him. He's been he's been awesome. Um, and obviously we're we're gonna launch the on three NIL like athlete network is launched, but Grant Ferry King has done a fantastic job and we're gonna build that out and then Oh yeah, this weekend we added Andy Staples. Um, he's going to be our national college football host, along with JD Pekel, and we're just—we're not in two years old yet, Tim. And I know you and I have been here from the beginning, but it's been fun to watch. And um, I said it on Twitter the other day, but we're—we're we're really only getting started here.
1: Yeah, but I tell you what, I appreciate—you know, like you know, you just named some big names there. I appreciate the work of a guy like you. You know, you're—you're you're kind of a youngish fella, but you've got a head for this thing. You know, you've. And you've—I'm uh, talking about a dealing with what's significant. You know what I mean, as opposed to the, mm. a lot of the uh, bomb blast out there. You've got a, a a feel for what's significant that's going on in this realm, and it's only going to get more significant in one form or fashion. You know, and totally. the thing I really like is the way you're keeping an eye on the legislative end of things, because that eventually, if it ever happens, there's a federal uh, law. Con- con- Congress gets its act together. Uh, and that's that's going to be huge. And the NCAA clearly is still sitting here hoping something comes along in that realm. But you know, Pete, you know, two, three, four years from now, we may be talking about a total different governing body for the power, for the powers that be. I'm not going to say the Power Five because I'm not no. sure if there is a Power Five anymore. You understand what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I think it's a Power Two. Yeah, and maybe one, but yeah, yeah. So, so I think we're headed towards revenue sharing. I think the College Football Playoff is going to oversee. Um, college football, and I think we'll have a commissioner in the next three years and revenue sharing. But what do I know? Yeah, but dude,
1: you just laid the groundwork, the seeds. No, you planted saplings there of some significance. Saplings for another the Tim May show with Pete Nacos as co-pilot. I can't wait. Yeah, me neither. Hey man, go have a go have a nice uh, holiday meal, and I appreciate you joining me, Pete.
0: Appreciate you, Tim. Have a good fourth.
1: And until next week, ladies and gentlemen, it's Tim May. Tim May for the Tim May Show.
0: Chumba Casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.